Well, hello, and welcome to the first podcast of the year, continuing our series of Radio War Stories. We'll get to the guests in a couple of minutes here, but I remember I promised in the first podcast a couple of weeks ago, I said, I'm going to tell you the story about the stolen Prince guitar, and I'm going to save that for the very end. It's not the best story ever, but it is kind of one of those like compelling radio mysteries that shows that there are some shitty people in every business and some wonderful people in every business. Now, before I get to the podcast, I do have to mention I made a technical mistake. Um, uh, I have an external microphone that it's just like the one that Jason Matheson keeps on his desk during his show on Channel 9. It's called the Yeti, and it's a big microphone. It's fully functional, and it looks cool and whatever. So if I have it plugged in but I don't select it, then the computer will record the internal microphone audio, which sounds terrible. And so that's what I did this week. So I recorded a podcast, um, interviewed a friend of mine all about radio, and I chose the wrong microphone instead of the external microphone. So it sounds like crap, but the content is still there. His stories are still great. Friend of mine, Rick Rumble, this week, uh, who is our guest this pod- this week on the podcast, take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. Let's get right to it. So I've mentioned before the radio is a very incestuous business, and the guest today on the podcast works across the country in you know on the on the east in in, in I want to say Norfolk, I wanna, and I'll clarify that in a second. Uh, but what's funny is I worked with a guy who also was morning show partners with this guy, Rick Rumble. Uh, Rick, thanks for being on the podcast. Help me clear this up. You you are now in which market? Norfolk, Virginia Beach. So it's which is a the, combo. Back, going back to the incestuous nature of this business, Rick, um, yeah. I worked with a guy named Scott Thrower um, back in Colorado Springs in the 80s. Scott Thrower is the guy who inspired me to do morning radio. Okay. And and Scott Thrower kind of bounced around a little bit. And uh, But you and him worked together in, I want to say, Philadelphia? We did. We did mornings. We teamed up in Memphis. We worked okay. there for a couple of years. We did a couple of years in Philadelphia. Uh, and uh, we kind of went our own ways there, and then we hooked back up again for another ah, year and a half or so in San Diego. So, in fact, I got wow. a text from Thrower this morning. No kidding. Did you really? What's he yes. up to? He is, actually, he is a licensed nurse, works in a hospital system, and is crushing it doing voiceovers from his house. He does have the voice of God. He's got it's the beautiful. kind of like one of these, I mean, just incredible voices. So good for him. Um, uh, Scott and I worked together. We, you know, it, it was an, itch, an interesting uh, journey because um, Scott was in Phoenix at the same time I was in Phoenix and he worked with Danny Bonaducci. Sure. And if you don't know who Danny Bonaducci is, he was, you know, if you're old enough, he was the redheaded kid on the Partridge family who eventually got into radio. Well, Danny Bonaducci got fired from the station in Phoenix where he worked with Scott because he was, you know, he picked up, allegedly the story goes, he picked up a hooker who turned out to be a transvestite. So Danny beat him up, ran home and hid under a pile of laundry in his closet. That sounds about right. I actually worked with Danny for a while in Philadelphia. (laughs) Okay. He was our, dude, he was our night guy. That's how he and Thrower knew each other. Even more incestuous. So so Danny got fired I had just gotten fired across the street in Phoenix, so Scott and I worked together, and uh, I love Scott Thrower. I will always love and respect him, Same. but we, we we were together on the air. We were like oil and water. Oh, and, really? 
yeah, it didn't work out very well. And then he left and then I got fired shortly thereafter. But it's one of those things where I got fired. But if I hadn't gotten fired, I would have never gotten this job, which I've had for coming up on 28 years now. That's so, amazing. What a great well, run that is, dude. It is. How long have you been in Norfolk? You've been there a long time. 25. 25 years on one station. That yeah. never happens. No, no, it doesn't. Uh, I keep, you know what, one day they're going to remember that I'm still down there. And when that happens, I am so screwed. Uh, Mr. <laughs> Rumble, bring a cardboard box to HR. <laughs> yeah. You know, they love you, man. You're one of those people who, um, uh, you know, there's certain people who are so identifiable with the radio station. And uh, you're one of those guys, you know. Blessed, so I, dude. Blessed. I, 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 you're, on a, you're on a great radio station, but let's face it. They would not be the same without you. So, uh, well, I would say that probably the same could be said for you. So, I appreciate it that. Is what it is, well, man. And uh, and you know what, Rick and I were talking before we started recording that we're both radio nerds. We still love this yes. business so much. So, but in this business, he segues from one mm -hmm. topic to another. We've seen some funny shit. Um, oh my God. Uh, we've endured some funny stuff. We've looked around us and said, "What the hell is that?" Um, so this podcast is all about radio war stories. And I didn't pre-interview Rick to say, hey, tell me what you're going to talk about. So I'll just let you riff. And whatever you want to start with, I am here to listen. Okay. First, before we start, let me just say what a fantastic company Saga Communications is. <laughs> and <laughs> how they will always have my lifelong um, fidelity. Okay. Yes, of course. Yeah. I know you love those guys. There, I know. You know what? There, I didn't even know where you where you start. When uh, I'll tell you what. I'll start... I will start with a story that comes from my very first radio job. Okay. Grand, Grand Rapids, Michigan, WLAV. The guy that hired me is back there. He, no I kidding. swear to you. Yes, he, he did it. He went to LA, all this other stuff. Decided he wanted to live back in Grand Rapids again. His name is Tony Gates, and I'll love him. But he put me together with a guy named Kevin Matthews. Kevin and I uh, met at a party one night. And um, so we had, uh, we had it, it was a pretty popular morning show. And so somebody new signed on, and you you've probably experienced this. The the new people always start. They go. They used to go after the established shows to try and get them to talk about the new show. That makes sense. Yes, yes, exactly. So they'll attack the competitor exactly. to try to get the competitor to talk about you. So this this went on and on, and it escalated, and we're prank calling them all the time and stuff. And there were no rules back then. It's a long time ago. But it ended up with us asking our listeners to box up dog poop and mail it to them. And they got so much of it that the post office asked if they could have a guy come on our show to explain how to box it up. <laughs> oh, God. That was oh. when they, they, they finally pulled the, uh, the parachute and their general manager called our general manager and, you know, game over. What a great fun. bit, though. That is, that is so... That had to have been in the 80s because that sounds so much like an 80s it kind of a bit. It um, absolutely is. And and talk about getting under their skin. I'm sure it just pissed them off royally that here's the new show in town mailing them dog shit. Oh, yeah. Well, they. I mean, it was it, we were the established show. They were the new people. And we okay. were relentless in in wanting to, you know, keep our territory dominant. So, OK, gotcha. But so it, what happened to that show? Thing. So you, I'm going to guess you did dominate and then kind of push them out of the picture. Well, uh, yeah, I don't even know what happened to them. I know we stayed, uh, I worked with Kevin for, um, she was, I think we were in Grand Rapids. We did about a year and a half. I was the news guy. They were nice enough to have me on as that. 
And, and really, I was just there to sidekick the thing. And he was just such a talented guy that we uh, we then moved to St. Louis and did a couple of years and mornings there and kind of uh, went our own way. He went up to the loop and became a Chicago radio legend. And I went down to Memphis where I met Scott Thrower. Okay. So uh, just a sidetrack, Kevin Matthews is one of those names that in radio, it's kind of like, there's like maybe 15 or 20 people where everybody in radio is like, you know, heard of them, like yes. Howard Stern or, you know, Ryan Seacrest uh, and, you know, Steve Dahl, John Landecker mm-hmm. and Kevin Matthews, uh, those kind of names. Still in touch with Kevin too. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. It's it's great. You know, I'll tell you what, for all the, the, the bitching I do about social media, when it comes to stuff like that, being able to stay in touch with people that you, you, you know and love and respect, it's been awesome in that regard. Uh, the rest of it you can have, but that, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the well, conspiracies and the uh, Bill Gates chips and whatnot. It's right. Like, yeah. Right. Well, you know, I think one of the things that, you know, is great about this business is the people that we meet and the people that, you know, that you meet and you're impressed with and you bond with or whatever. Sure. There's always like some people that are like, you know, uh, I don't know, a little bit shady stations that are a little bit shady. No doubt. Jobs that didn't work out. um, Things that look great when you move there. and Then you found out the entire staff was either fucking each other or on drugs. And that happened to me one time. But this is not about me. Yeah. Oh, no, I kind of need to know this stuff. Well, you know, it was a radio station that I went to somewhere along the path. And when I got there, it turned out like probably the entire air staff was screwing somebody in the building that wasn't their spouse. And I'm like, this is, this is awful. I mean, it sounds like fun. Right. But when they weren't doing drugs and missing shifts, they were all having sex with each other. (laughs) And it was like, wow. And and it's just not, that is not a professional environment. So no, not at all. It's interesting that the people that do drugs, uh, they'll miss shifts, but they don't miss the sex. It's like, (laughs) if the sex is offered, I'm there. You tell me where, what time I'll bring headphones. It's going to be great. Uh, So uh, a million years ago, when, when Kevin and I got hired out of Grand Rapids to move to St. Louis, you're, you're talking about how shady this business is. So they wine and dine us, David. I mean, it, it was overwhelming. They were sending small private planes to pick us up. I swear to God, it's true. Uh, wow. On two or three occasions and fly us down to St. Louis. They hire us as the morning show. We're excited. They're excited. We we drive down there, walk into the radio station. It's it's. We didn't get there till like Friday night at 10, but we're just so excited. We're going to go right to the radio station because we're not married or anything. We got nothing else. And we walk in and the dude that hired us is now the overnight guy. This thing has taken a 180 and they're trying to force him out so that they can recoup their money. And the whole place is for sale. I, I, I get married later that, uh, what that summer, I guess it was take my wife on our honeymoon. I come back. It's been sold while we were gone. Oh my gosh. This sucks. And radio stations being sold is usually not a good thing for us radio. No, people. no, because you because usually it entails that they'll change the format. They want their own staff, this and that. Um, they let everybody go except me. They asked me privately to stay on. I took the only job that I had because I got a new wife that I just convinced to move five hundred miles. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, the only person that's ever left that part of the country were from Western Michigan. Her, the only person her family's ever left town. And I'm like, I'm like out of work in like four weeks. It's everything they thought about dating the disc jockey. It's absolutely (laughs) true. Damn it. Wow. 
You know, I know you've done so many different uh, bits and stunts and interviews and things over the year. Anything that just went south, anything that, you know, thought, my God, this is going to be the biggest thing ever. And it just went south or a bit or an interview or anything like that. Well, there's some that you get a little fallout from. And and almost everything that, that I'm thinking of is comes under the heading, you know, you just can't do stuff anymore. They've <laughs> changed the rules. So uh, a long time ago, we had uh, tickets. Uh, we had a guitar and some tickets for a Melissa Etheridge show, kind of a rock, pop rock, you know, Melissa Etheridge, right? Yeah. So she has a, a, a partner. She's gay. And they uh, had enlisted David Crosby to f- give them sperm to make a baby. I remember the story. This was probably 25 years ago. Right. So yep. we decided that the listener with the highest sperm count would win all the prizes. And we <laughs> set up at a hotel and we had a lab <laughs> doc there with a microscope counting sperm, literally, uh, uh, a bathroom filled with like horrible publications that you might find at their urologist's office and someone from a local nightclub who was kind of fluffing on the crowd. Oh my so God. That, wow. We, you just can't do stuff anymore. Anyway, the guy that won was thrilled. Plus, <laughs> and he gets bragging rights. This dude is, you know, he is the most fertile, virile, you know, macho guy in, in uh, what we call the seven cities, because that's what makes up Hampton Roads, our, the area that we live in. So that wow. would be one thing. <laughs> that's one sperm. That's two I, I, I have a related sperm story that I'm going to just, I try, really? try not to make this podcast about me, but I'm going to tell you because it's kind of a funny related story. Yeah. We did a thing called the Big Boy Border Battle. And right. uh, this was uh, the Wisconsin, uh, uh, you know, um, University of Wisconsin um, was playing um, um, the U of M. And sure. so we called the border battle. So we had yeah. guys come in and ma- basically measure their dicks. And whoever had the biggest <laughs> dick was, was going to be the winner. Nice. And so uh, this was my God. It was it's it's awful. So these guys basically were sitting in a studio down the hall trying to get their dicks hard, which is and, difficult to do when, you know, you're going into a, a literal contest. Right. And this different. is this is this is shameful. And I haven't thought about this in years. Yeah. One of our interns who is still in radio, she had accidentally walked in with like a form to fill out or something like that. Just as the guy, just as the oh. guy was having an orgasm. Oh and, my and she, God. She came running down the hall. She's like, oh my God, Dave, Dave, he just came. He just came. <laughs> and thank God. Oh. That she had a sense of humor about it because holy stuff, you can't do that stuff anymore. We wouldn't even try to do that anymore. And yeah. you know, in today, um, um, today I would have felt I would have never done it. Today I would have felt horrible if that happened. But she right. laughed her ass off. She thought it was funnier than I did. I was shocked and disgusted. And uh, and she's still in radio. So I don't know God, if you heard maybe. that little zing in the background there, but I just got an email from her. She said she had a great time. oh my god all right uh, so this other time i'll give you one more yes please we 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 did the the hundred dollar pumpkin toss this sounds like it should just be a slam dunk easy fun radio-y promotion so we we uh, worked in a uh, an office building in memphis tennessee it was with scout thrower and uh we go up to the top of the office building we get a bunch of those. You know how you get those those paper pumpkins that they they kind of unfold. Yeah, when you paper like an clip them kind of yeah. like an accordion. Exactly right. Yeah. So we get some foam rubber ones and some paper ones and stuff. 
and we're going to put prizes in all of these and throw them off the building. And and uh, uh, in one of these things is, a, I don't know, $100 or $500, something like that. Sounds like a great idea. Big crowd, going to be fun, fun, fun. <laughs> so we launched the first one, and it is um, it is civil chaos. It is a disaster. <laughs> every that every one of the several hundred people is going for only you know one prize, and here it comes. And the next thing you know, the city is involved. The uh, uh, they've uh, the the crowd has damaged the uh, downtown shopping mall. They ripped up some trees. There was a lady with a baby stroller that got knocked over. Someone's foot got broken. Yeah, there was hell to pay. Hell huh. to pay. Wow. For something that it seemed like, you know, it's it's like that WKRP thing. I, I really thought they could fly. I'm thinking, <laughs> what can go wrong? But you We're know, we give you, out hundreds of dollars. You would have never thought yeah. that. You would have never anticipated that, yeah, a bunch of people, especially like the bigger, more aggressive people, yes. elbowing people out of the way to get to $100 in a pumpkin. Everybody down there thinks they're Dennis Rodman on the boards. We're <laughs> going to go up for the rebound, baby. Here it comes. Here it comes. Did you have to? Did you have to cut it short? Did you continue after? Oh one no, we cut it short. I mean, you could see <laughs> this is chaos. You could see it from there. But sometimes, uh, sometimes it's not your fault. Remember the band Candlebox? Barely. Yes. Okay. Well, you'll know the name anyway. So they're going to do a free concert in the park downtown, and everybody's in, uh, invited. It's I don't know. It's Fourth of July, something like that. Well, they were wildly popular at the time. So we go down there. I'm I'm hosting it from the uh, the band shell kind of a stage. The river is behind me. It's a beautiful backdrop, beautiful park, and and the crowd that shows up uh, is beyond way beyond capacity. And people have begun abandoning their cars on the the actual biggest roadway through downtown Norfolk. They're just oh, wow. leaving them in the middle of the street. The the, the crowd is estimated and and I you know low side twenty thousand, high side forty thousand in a public park that backs up to a river. So there's no egress that way. It's all got to come from one area. Anyway, the sheriff's department doesn't like it and they're going to pull the plug on the whole thing because now it's out of control. And I go out to make stage announcements and people are throwing coins and batteries. And <laughs> it's raining stuff on me. Wow. And the candle box dude, comes up to me and he goes, could you ask them not to uh, throw stuff at us when we're playing? <laughs> and I'm like, now, you know, if I ask them, it is going to, it's going to hail it, yeah. it, it, everything and everything. So that was what eventually they pulled the plug on the whole show, but not before someone decided to take a 55 gallon drum and kind of crowd surf it. It's a oh, freaking Jesus. barrel. Okay. A this barrel. ended up knocking some guy out. Somebody climbed some scaffolding. He fell down, might have broken his neck. Disaster. Um, not our fault. The city booked the band. The city invited us down. But ultimately, we were not invited to host again. <laughs> you know, that makes sense. An event that's way too successful. Yeah. Yes. That that's exactly right. But you know what? It's, it's, isn't it great to know that you was like, hey, I was just here to help out. It wasn't my idea. Thank God. Oh <laughs> Usually that, it is. Usually it, it is my idea, and we got to go have a meeting. How do you, Rick? I mean, for radio people, mo you know, I think most people who listen to this podcast are just average people who you know work at a bakery or you know are an architect or whatever. But there's some radio people. How do you 
after, you know, you've been in radio since you were probably 16 or 17 or 18, like most of us. How do you still enjoy it and do it so well every day? Because it's a blessing. Uh, you and I were talking about before when this started. It's like, you, even on its worst day, it's still pretty damn good. You know, the the worst of this is the heavy lifting when something seriously bad happens. And you have to, you know, I did play-by-play, pardon the phrase, of 9-11. That was god-awful. And and you're learning about this, this tragedy in real time because you're watching it and experiencing it along with with, with everyone else. Yeah. But But that's... You know, that would be radio's slash worst and best day, perhaps, because you're keeping people informed and you're providing a lifeline there. But, you know, even when it's bad, it's still pretty good. I, I've, I've done other things. I came into radio later in life. I had other jobs before I did this. Most of my life uh, early on was spent as a graphic artist. I put together advertising and things like no that. No kidding. I didn't know that. Yeah. So for me, that journey is a little bit different. I didn't get into radio till like 25, 26. No, so I had a few jobs. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. So a blessing for me. And and all you have to do is, you know, we're we're blessed to be able to do this. Look at this crazy year. How many friends do you have that stayed home every day? And by, you know, March or April and maybe even you guys, I don't even know how often you've been in the studio. We go in every day. We tried to do it. Okay. from home. I, I tried to do it from home for a week and the delay was awful. So we went right back because yeah. that's what we we did. We've we've gone in every day. And to be honest with you. In this environment, that's a blessing. Having somewhere to wake up and go to these days is is a really freaking true. blessing. It, it's it's easy to stay motivated, especially, you know, people are so playful and they 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 want to have fun. They want to be the the greatest compliment you get is when somebody calls up and they want to be a part of what you're doing because they want to they want to you know the party's happening and they want to be there and I love that. Isn't that true? You know what? Yeah. I, I guess I never really thought about it like like that, but it's a good point. When people say, you know what? I'd love to be on your show. I would fit in so well with your show. Yes. And it's like, wow. You know, I that's a really good compliment when people say something like that. And we get that quite a bit. So, Yeah. See, that's a, I, I see that as a plus. Absolutely. Well, Rick, listen, I, I appreciate the time so much. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give Rick credit right now. Rick is the guy who came up with the old Bond commercial that we play on our show. What? And I, was tell- I was telling Rick before we started recording, um, uh, you know, I-, I found that on one of Rick's best of CDs, probably about 2005. And uh, we did our own version and we play, we get a request for it probably every week. People love it. They will not Fantastic. let it die. And every time we play old Bond, um, uh, we get the best double-edged reaction. Either people love it, they are dying laughing at it or they hate it so much they can't stand to listen to it. So, thank <laughs> well, then you, for you know what it's like to be me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they hate it so damn much. When are you going to get rid of him? Yeah. Dude, Dave, buddy. I can't, I can't uh, thank you enough for having me on the, uh, I, I just like, you know, I'm on vacation this week and if I don't speak for three to four hours solid a day, it builds up. <laughs> and then I have nowhere to go. I, I just want to tell somebody what time it is, what the temperature is, where to get tickets. That's all I want to do. <laughs> I love it. Hey, Rick, one of my favorite people in radio and a good friend of mine. Uh, Thanks for being on the podcast and happy new year to you, Rick. Happy new year to you and and say hi to the crew for me, man. Thank you, Rick. Appreciate you so much. Um, Just one of the great guys in radio. Just he's been here forever. One of the reasons that he's been here forever is he's just a nice person. And I think that's um, uh, one of the things that just makes us last is we're just nice people. You're a nice person. And that's why you one of the reasons you do well. And of course, you show up on time and you take a shower 
and you don't steal anything when you get there. I just read a book by a, by a guy named Bobby Bones, who's a like a world class, world famous Radio Hall of Fame, uh, Dancing with the Stars champion, and uh, just a great guy. All he does is work. And I don't know much about Bobby Bones, so I read his book. And about three or four or five times, he mentions, don't be late, don't be late, don't be late. Now, Bobby and I had never talked. We had never met each other before I wrote my book or before he wrote his book. But we both have discovered that showing up on time means so much. You have to be reliable. Here's the Prince guitar story. Uh, So years ago, about 93, 94, uh, Prince gave the radio station, KDWB, a guitar. It was one of those that was kind of odd shaped and had his symbol. Maybe it was shaped like his symbol. It was cream colored, if I remember right. And we're like, oh my God, this is a Prince guitar. It's, you know, one of maybe 10 or 100 or 10, 15 or 20. We don't know, but it's very rare. And it's obviously a Prince guitar given away by a radio station in Prince's hometown. This is fucking cool. So we locked it in our prize vault downstairs. Now, what's a prize vault? It is a cage. It's a cage that you couldn't break into without a pair of wire cutters. But the easiest way to get in is with the key. And one day, we decided on a way to give away the Prince guitar. I don't remember what the method was, but you know we couldn't just give it away with caller number ten because caller number ten for a Prince guitar, which today would be worth you know fifty or hundred thousand dollars, would be ridiculous. So uh, we came up with a way to give it away. We went downstairs to find the Prince guitar. Well, we had to get it out. It'd been sitting down there for six months, nine months, or a year, and we're like, well, let's go get it out. Make sure we still you know it's still in good shape, and obviously make sure it's still there. We go downstairs. And it was one of those weird experiences where you know it's there, but we couldn't find it. Among the boxes of VHS movies and DVDs and CDs and T-shirts and ball caps and can koozies and beer glasses and golf clubs, all kinds of whatever crap was in that storage room, we knew it was in there. And this storage room was probably about the size of two big bedrooms. Tons of stuff. But after a while, a guitar case should have jumped out at us. And it was gone. And we didn't know when. We didn't know who. We didn't know why. There was no security cameras in those days. Now we'd have a security camera on it, probably on the elevator going down, probably on the elevator, probably on the stairway going down, probably in the room itself, nothing. But what sucked is we knew it was not only an inside job, But it was obviously an inside job from someone who was powerful enough, important enough to have a key to that storage room. There were only a handful of people who had a key to that storage room. We never really knew who it was. And I would never say, even if I met you in person, I would never say who I think it was. It was not somebody that you know. It was not somebody on the radio. But I'm going to tell you something. Not only was it a, just a shitty story and a shitty thing to do to the people you work with to take away a Prince guitar for your own selfish needs or wants. It's not a need at all. But it goes back to, and I'm, I, I didn't mean to tie this in, but it goes back to don't steal anything. Because from that moment on, there were a few people in the building that we never quite looked at the same again. And it was the four or five people who had a key to that cage. And I think about that. It's like, you know what? 
probably four of them didn't steal it. Probably four of them didn't know anything about it. But one of them did. But they all four had that guilt that was kind of put on them or that blame or that suspicion. So anyway, never found the guitar. Who knows where it is? It's kind of like stealing a work of art. How do you sell it? If you steal a Picasso, how do you go on Pawn Stars and try to sell it? I don't know. Hey, anyway, listen, thanks for all the feedback this week. Um, uh, we did get some feedback. As a matter of fact, I'm going to read some right now uh, because we got some time. And let me find one of the uh, emails that we got here. Hold on one second. I'm sorry about this. I, I should have thought about this before I decided to read. Um, here we go. Here's Clark. Clark says, I know you can't predict what your story, what stories your guests will have, but War Stories Part 2 was awesome. I like the idea of this series. I appreciate the work that goes into it. Looking forward to more in the new year from Clark. Hey, Clark, I really appreciate that one. Um, uh, uh, definitely do. In, any kind of encouragement, I really appreciate it. You know what? It's a totally new direction for the podcast, and it won't last forever. You know, it'll last for a couple of weeks or until I notice that podcast listens are going down. Maybe they'll go up. Hey, if you're a radio person, tell your radio friends about the podcast. If you're not a radio person, thank you for listening this far. I appreciate you more than you know. It's not too late to say Happy New Year. Right now it's the 3rd. You'll probably listen to this sometime this week, or you might listen to it in June of 2024. I don't know. But I appreciate you, and thanks for listening to Take a Shower. Show up on time and don't steal anything. A friend of mine got a new Kindle for Christmas, and um, you can get the Kindle version of this book, too. It's pretty, I think, sold out. I don't know where you can get it, but uh, it is sold out now. But the Kindle version will uh, always be there and live on forever. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. And we'll see you next time on the podcast.